All right, so we, uh, we're smack in the middle of the ninth Shoresh. Um, the ninth Shoresh really, as I tried to say last week, at least the first half, um, is really trying to define like conceptual units of mitzvos. Uh, and we, st- we talked about last week, one of the major ways the Raman looks for them um, or tries to find sort of units is through on- the onshin, right? That the number of punishments, he argues, at least in, in certain cases, um, corresponds to the number of... Um, number of low assays, right? Unfortunately, that only covers sort of half the mitzvot. When it comes to the assays, it's much more difficult. It's not always clear, um, and the Ram doesn't really tell us exactly. So I only really have one example, um, which I mentioned last week, that, uh, where the Ram deals with it. Um, and then we're, so the, so we're going to talk about that one example, um, and then we'll try and spend the rest of, the, of this year um, highlighting some of the more complicated um, instances of where the Ram and some of the complications with the Ram ideas about um, repeated psukim, like a pasuk comes up more than once, um, is only counted once, and that onshin sort of correspond to, to the mitzvos. Um, so that's, the, that's what we're going to try and talk about tonight. That'll sort of cover um, the Ramam's looking for inyane ha-Torah, which are like these, a mitzvah is an inyan, it's like a conceptual unit, uh, which is distinct from you know, the other 612 conceptual units. Okay, so, let, uh, so let's just start with the first sort of straightforward idea, although you can see, I think, um, in this instance, as in all the instances tonight and in general in Sefer Mitzvah, whenever the Rambam uh, is putting in effort to explain himself, I think you can always sort of tell there's something under the surface, meaning he's trying to cover his bases or explain, he needs, he feels a need to go out of his way to explain something, tells you that there's some sort of problem, I'm not saying he's wrong, obviously, but it's just sort of that it requires more thinking um, and therefore is sort of ripe for maybe conceptual challenges. Um, or certainly uh, some some insight. Okay, so regarding um, the mitzvah to love a ger, a convert, right? So we we said uh, last week there's obviously two mitzvahs. One is a avas Yisrael, like loving a Jew, um, and then the question becomes like, well, isn't just a, a convert obviously become Jewish, right? So why would there is that a separate mitzvah? So here, in fact, you see the Rambam um, laying it out very specifically. He says It's a separate mitzvah. In, in the mitzvah's assay, to love gerim. Right? Again, now, now that we've seen so many um, weeks, we can really be able to uh, start realizing what he's saying. Ba'ahavtam is a lashon sivui, right? With a separate subject. Um, so he says, Even though the ger was already included in the haftarech and kamocha, right? So here you see the Ramah is answering a question without us asking. This was obviously a nice, um, you know, welcome Jew into, under the Shechina. Right? And Kajbarku added separate loving, separate um, kindness towards this individual because he's gone out of his way to join the Jewish people. So then he says, and this will get back to the very end of this year, Kamosha Asa Ba'azharat, Lo Tonu. We have a, um, a prohibition of wronging somebody when it comes to overcharging or just giving them, uh, telling them the wrong thing, tricking them, right? And there's a mitzvah, a lotase of not doing that to a Jew and a lotase of not doing that to a ger. So the Ramam tells us that those two things are um, parallel to the mitzvah of loving Israel and loving a gear, just as there's a lotases that are separate, even though they really conceptually overlap. So too in the assays. 
So here we have another. This would take. This is tricky. This is like I think it seems very obvious, but the Ram is actually being very careful with his language. The Gemara is explicit. Do you remember what the Gemara actually said in Bav Metzia? We quoted it last week. So if you violate, if you if you if you mistreat a ger, or you trick a ger, you do onah, whatever that means exactly. Um, you are the Gemara doesn't say chayev. It says, do you remember the other option is? It says over, right? So over the Rambam said is not sufficient evidence of a independent mitzvah, right? That's only evidence of repeated mitzvah, right? So and he said, and we'll see it again in a second, um, or maybe not towards the end of this year. The, the Gemara says, oh, you 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 um, do something wrong to a ger, you violated thirty six lavin. You're over thirty six lavin. So Rambam says that can't be that that's thirty six separate mitzvahs. Right? Rather, it's really one. So here he's saying chayavim. So that's telling. Even though, right, there's no punishment for an onah because it can, for what, there's an exception, right? Because you can, if it's wrong someone with words, it's not a, really a chiyuv there, right? This is not chayav in the technical sense of a, of a malkos, but nevertheless, it's two separate mitzvot. So he says, since the Gemara is explicit, not quite, about onah sager being both those things, gam anachno chayavim mishum umishum Right, so he's basically two arguments. It's three arguments, really. One is that it's sort of this person's gone out of his way. Um, the second is that there's a parallel between the lotases, and the third um, is that is that there's a there's a chiyuv for these, not just parallel, but it's actually chiyuv um, in the inverse of ona. Right, and then he says vezemivuar ein safik. Right, so that's already like he's telling he's concerned. Right, I think he doesn't say like ain't safik is a mitzvah of Yichud Hashem. Right, obviously like ain't right? safik, right? meaning that you could actually ask this question. That's why he's going his way. And not so frequently in the safe, in the minyan mitzvahs itself. No one ever made a mistake like this. So I don't actually know. It seems like there's a question about Sadiyon, um, whether or not he counted one or two mitzvahs here. Um, but that's sort of the one aspect when it comes to the Inyan Torah. We have this like, conceptual distinction right, that we go out of our way to try and treat the ger, and that this is what's going on in the, in the Mitzvah Asseh. But when it comes to Mitzvah Lotase, we actually have a lot more um, interesting examples. So one of the famous ones, I said last week, is Basar Bachalov. Right? Again, three times. The Rambam says, when the Torah repeats itself three times, it's only, um, it's only wouldn't be counted more than once, unless you've got some other evidence to, to count it. And what does the... Ramam count, not one mitzvah, not three mitzvahs, but two mitzvahs. So obviously we have a problem here. So again, we have this is another sort of way the Rambam is going to try and look for in Yaneha Torah. So he says, he's Echol Basar Bachalov. In addition to cooking the previous mitzvah, we have a we have a prohibition against eating Basar Bachalov. Right? Based on Khazal, we understand that to be Okay, then, here now, this should be very clear exactly why the Ram is quoting this Gemara. It says, the Gemara in Hulin says, Basar b'chalav loke al bishulo veloke al achilaso. So you cook basar b'chalav and then you eat it, right? You go into your, into your grill, you make a nice cheeseburger, then you eat the cheeseburger. How many makos do you, how many sets of makos would what incur? How many do you think you might, what would the other option be? Three. three, right? Because it's three times. So the, the Ramam here has very strong evidence for, for his idea that makos corresponds to lotases, but since the Gemara only says you get makos twice, right, 
And then he says again, right, Gemara Makos, another case, and this is the, the end of the, if anyone ever um, finished the end of Makos, they get to these um, strange uh, examples where someone tries to go into their way to do as many of errors all at once, right? But for the Rabbim, these actually become very important Gemaras because they're showing us that the mitzvot are separate. So, for example, Hamavashel Gid Hanasha, Biyom Tov, Bechalav, Beochlo. So you cook the um, forbidden sinew of the, of the Gid Hanasha, on Yantif, when you shouldn't be allowed to do so, um, in milk, and you eat it, So what are they? Mishum Ochel Gid, for eating the Gid. Mishum Mivashel, because you're cooking unnecessarily in Yantif. Mishum Mivashel Basar Bachalav, cooking Basar Bachalav. Mishum Ochel Basar Bachalav, Mishum Havar. Okay, whatever, leave you out all the details. But what does the Rama want out of this Gemara? What is interesting, what's he proving with it? There isn't a... There isn't a no. Right, exactly. There's only two. One is cooking Basar and one is eating Basar Again, for the Ramam, that's very strong evidence, that's sufficient evidence even, that you have only two mitzvahs. Okay. So, Ubekan Rawi Li, She'ermoza Shoresh Gadol, Shalom Kadam Li Zichro. Now I've got to tell you something I never told you. So I'm almost done. I'm in the middle of this, this is Lotase, two-thirds, of the, at least the way through the book. Now I have to tell you something I never said, which is the following. It comes three times. And we have the Chazal tell us, Each one is L'inyan. Again, that's a very careful word for the Rambam. They're, t- they're conceptual things. So why did you count Rambam cooking and eating, but not benefiting from Basar B'chalaf? That's his question, right? And that's his very important question. So he says, So, he is, so you should know the following answer. Really, conceptually, eating and benefiting are one concept, one inyan, one mitzvah. Because really, eating is just a type of benefiting, meaning that any sort of consumption through benefit, the Rambam says, is all one and the same. Right? And this is something anyone um, who's ever learned Basar B'chalav, right? the Rambam goes, you know, waxes poetically about this point, Basar B'chalav, right? Hana is really part of the Chila. In the, um, in the, in the parish mission in Krisos, he's very excited about this point. Right? But this is, the, this is another sort of conceptual way which the Rambam is saying the broader concept is helping us figure out what the meaning of mitzvah is going to be. So we have two points here. One is the onshin, but in addition we have this conceptual point. Okay, so what's... One question one could have on the Rambam um, is why the, why, Chazal, why the Torah says it three times. Right? If we really have only two things, why does it come three times? So the Rambam doesn't answer the question. He doesn't actually answer it in, in another case also. And I'll show you... Um, I'll show you the sort of complication without really giving, giving an answer. This is the first time I will fail to answer a question tonight. Okay, but there will be, each, each section of this year, we will end with a question that I do not have an answer to. Okay, so another interesting case where the Ramam deals with repeated psukim has to do with um, wounding oneself in mourning, right? Um, right? The Torah says that you can't put a physical um, mark in your flesh if somebody has, as an act of mourning, right? Because apparently it was done by the Ovdeyar it's a problem um, of over, overly mourning in this way. So, the, so, but the problem is, this actually comes up in two different places in the Torah. Does anyone know where they are? What, it, what, what they are? So the Ramah will tell us. Right, there's actually two places. So he says, the first one is the following. That's the, 
um, negative commandment is to make a mark in your, um, in your head for the dead. As, as these foolish people would do. So we have one pasuk that says, don't put a marking in between your eyes for a dead person. And that pasuk is a general mitzvah on a Yisrael. Okay, this is, that's important. But then the, the Ramam tells us, but this prohibition is actually repeated. The Kohanim shouldn't make a mark in their head. Okay, so is this actually a case of repetition? Can't be the same thing as the Ger. How's, the okay. Specific version, which is a higher level. Good, so you could say, how so? Or why would that be? Why would they be one? Why would one be sort of more specific? Well, What's the difference? Just a, a general, maybe it's, it, you could say like lo baroshem applies to their entire head, not just when they're in mourning, right? And or Israel has a specific prohibition only when they're mourning. Yeah. Right. So you could say the, the coin too is right. Exactly. You say the coin too. Exactly. Right. So you could say perhaps the coin has gone out of his way to. Um, you know, and he add, he's added on a separate kedusha, and maybe Barosham is different than Bene Necham, and the fact that Cohen doesn't say it by um, the dead person, it's, it just it seems to be a more general prohibition. Ramam has none of this, right? Here he says, in fact, this repetition is Lahashlim Hadin Hazet. We talked about this a little last week, that sometimes the Ramam will say there's a repetition, but the repetition is actually adding some new information. Ki Ma'amro Bene Necham, Right, from the idea of between your eyes, or like it's the front of the head. That's probably a better translation. Right? We could have said it's only the very front of the head between your eyes. Or whatever means sort of in the Torah language. Therefore the Torah elsewhere expanded to cover the entire head. Right? If it was only limited to the head, right? Or sorry, we just had a pasuk about the head for a coin. Right? There's no limitation for the mate when the Torah talks about the coin. Therefore, it says lamate. Right? And therefore, the din for Israel, din for a coin, are the same. It covers the entire head as is explicit by a coin, and it's only limited to the case of a mate, as it says by Israel. Okay. So that's a case here. We have something much more complicated than simple repetition, right? Here we have a case of repetition, but it's not really repeating, right? It's, to, it's adding many, much new information, right? In fact, in the, very, in, the, in, the, in the previous mitzvah, the Ramam is dealing with similar issues when it comes to the Kohen and a Levi. There's certain mitzvahs that are formulated in terms of what a, uh, the Nachla that, the, the, um, that a Kohen's allowed to take is a little bit formulated differently than a Levi, right? And, and nevertheless, halakhically, we treat them as the same. Right? And he says, If they were just specifically, if these mitzvahs were just dedicated to the Kohen and not to Levi, if they were not just adding new information, but separate mitzvahs, he would have imposed two punishments if it wasn't just right? if it wasn't just completing the information, if it was really not at all repeating. The very fact that Chazal never tell us the separate punishments tells us for the Rambam that there's only one negative commandment here. Okay. Now, the question I've had for years and years and years um, on this mitzvah of Kuf Ayin um, Aleph, and in general, but specifically about this case where you have 
Mahashlim et adin, even though it's totally separate. So the question that you have to ask is, well, why did the Torah not just formulate this all, all in one place? Right? Why didn't the Torah just tell us, um, you know, don't put on your entire head for a mace? Why did it have to say by Israel? Um, for being, you know, it's limited to your forehead, but it's more expensive. It's only, and it only applies to a mace, but coin expands it, right? Why does it have to do, go, go through that? So I'm not actually, so I found this week, actually. I'm not the first person to ask this, very, this question. Right? And the Sefer Achinoch, actually, the heading here is, is not on this, is incorrect in force number five. It's actually this very mitzvah. The Sefer Achinoch says, okay, so why didn't the Torah, well, he has this very question on the Rambam in this very context. And he says, okay, um, so don't ask, he says, source number five. Why didn't the Torah explain it all at once? Don't ask that question. So Therefore, I go look at my Hakdama to Sefer Tzvarim, and I answered it there. Okay, so I was very excited about this because I thought that the Sefer Chinook asked my question, which he is, right? Which is, it's not, okay, this idea of repetition is very nice, you know, for the Rambam, but once he's got a much more complicated story of what repetition means, right, you have to then have to, then the question becomes, like, why did the Torah do, go out of this way? So he says, in the introduction to Sefer Tzvarim, he has this, like, sort of, he hints at these Kabbalistic ideas, um, but he doesn't really explain what's going on. But he sort of says, okay, there must be some other sort of esoteric reason as to why the, Rambam, why the Torah would have gone out of its way to formulate it like this. I was more excited by the question, right? <laughs> I don't have a good answer, and I don't think the Sefer Chinuch um, specifically answers it here. I mean, he doesn't, he is not forthcoming as to what this Kabbalistic secret might be. Um, so if anyone knows it, um, I'd be eager to find out, um, although I probably, probably shouldn't. But, um, but I thought the question was interesting, and I think that it sort of points to some uh, interesting moves that Rambam's making. I think probably what's motivating here is what he says explicitly, which is the, um, the punishment situation. I mean, the fact that there's no separate punishment is sufficient evidence that there's only one mitzvah here, even if the Torah itself um, is not, you know, doesn't give a full explanation in one context. Nevertheless, the separate punishments um, is sufficient evidence of one... The, Unique punishment, one punishment, is evidence of one mitzvah, even though the, the, in theory the, the law for a Kohen, the law for a Yisrael might have been different. Okay. So that's the first set of questions that I don't have answers to. Let's get to the next set of questions that I don't have answers to. Okay. Talked about this Gemara a little bit last week also. Um, the, the Gemara in Pesachim and a few other places, but it's just sort of very simple here, tells us that the following did. Um, so Amar Abai, source number seven, Achal Putita Loka Arba. So if we eat a potita, no one knows what this is. Um, all the translators or all the sort of people who are into this stuff say it's some sort of like eel, maybe. No one really knows. Um, nemala, you eat an ant, loke chamesh. Uh, tzira, a hornet or a wasp, maybe. Loke sheish. Okay. So now we have a funny case here. You do one act, and you get multiple punishments, four, five, and six. So according to the Rambam, what do you need here? Different well, not just different onshim, but you need different onshim, which corresponds to different mitzvahs, right? So the Rambam would tell us this Gemara is telling us that there are four um, lotases for the putita, five for the ant, and six for the hornet. Okay, that is not how anyone else explains it. Ra- just Rashi, because he's right there, um, tells us something totally different. We're not going to read all these inside, but you can look at the numbering. But basically, he says loka arba, just the first one. Um, Chad lav b'sheretamayim. So this putita is a fish. So you have one is a sheretamayim. B'toret kohanim duhu sefer veikra. B'chad b'mishnah Torah. A repeated lav a sheretamayim in the Mishnah Torah. B'shnei lavin ketuvim b'toret kohanim b'shkatsim stam. 
And two things that are just stam, general, all um, creepy crawlies. Number three, right? And don't impurify yourselves for them as a general fourth one. Okay, so for, for, the, for, for Rashi, for the, this eel, eel, let's call it that, this putita, whatever that means, um, you have two lavin for um, water sherets and two for general eating a sherets. Okay, the Ramam, I mean, it should be clear, like, is to- would totally not be into this at all, right? The Ramam, I mean, only one for Maim, and general ones, maybe not at all, right? Um, if you look at the, in, in Rashi, he, he'll, in the, in the other Rashi, you don't have to read them inside, but for, the, for number five and number six, he has the same, has the same idea, right? He comes up with um, either repeated or um, lavin or general lavin that would cover, um, that might cover multiple t- subspecies in uh, creepy crawlies, right? But either way, the, if he wants to get to six, he needs to have, um, he can't just have six separate things, right? He has repetitions and um, more general statements, right? So that's sort of the shita of, as far as I know, every single Rishon, except for the Ramah, right? Um, if you look at the Rishon themselves, like the Ramban, the Magamishna, um, point out, right, that no one has ever said, like, no one ever said any differently until they got to the Ramah. Um, and you look in the Halakhul uh, and the, the Shield Toad, everyone says more or less like Rashi with some small differences, but basically the same idea, that you have repeated laven and, repeat, um, and general things that are covering lots of different animals, nevertheless are, are covered. Okay. But if you look in the Rambam, he comes up with a, another way to look at it. Right? If you look in source number nine, I just listed the, the six mitzvos here um, from the Mishnah Torah. Right? So he has six different re- relevant commandments. Um, so there's of tameh, right? an a impure bird, a sheretz ha'of, a flying bird, a sheretz ha'aretz, a crawly creepy crawly, a um, rome sa'aretz, not quite sure how that's exactly different. Um, then he says, tola'at ha'peirot, um, so, uh, animal that's burned in, uh, that's birthed, excuse me, in, through spontaneous generation in a fruit. Um, and and sheretz ha'mayim, another, the, the swimming sheretz, okay? The order there is complicated. There's a lot going on. We, we, I toyed with spending like, you know, a year and a half on these mitzvos, it's just too complicated. It, it's really interesting, um, and I think there's a lot of changes the Rama made over his lifetime. I can't prove any of them, um, but I think it's pretty clear that there are some cases, there's evidence that there, if you look in um, Daniel Ababli's exchange with Avram and Rama and in the Zohar Rakia of the Rashbats, um, with like a Talmud of a Talmud of whatever of the Ramban, they, they have different versions of the Sefer Mitzvos here. Um, and as I've tried to show elsewhere that like that means that there's, the Rama changed his mind because different things were circulating. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a complicated puzzle. So I think, but let's just try and get the basics down. So basically, the the basic is that for the Rama we have six separate mitzvos within one animal, within one animal. And he tells us in source number ten on the second side, and uh, so he says zeh perush. So he, then he first he quotes basically the Bahag Rashi Ramban idea. He says zeh perush shapirish. So he shapirish kol misha shemati. Everyone I heard ever has ever said this said it like the following, like Rashi basically did. Shemati Omer uraiti tvarav. I spoke to people about this, or I saw them write, they explain as in Rashi did, meaning repeated lavin, um, general lavin, right? Multiple onchin for one, perhaps, mitzvah. Then he says, at the end of the first line, this is totally wrong. It's totally opposite of what I want to say. It only makes sense. This is totally opposite of what the Talmud seems to think and what I explained in the ninth Shoresh. So he says, 
Amar Amar Hamiti, Asher Lotit Mami Menu, Lotit Mimish Achabal. So he says, what, do you, what, what should it be? The Amar Hamiti is the following Asher Lotim Nami Menu, Tit Mami Menu, you sorry, you don't deviate from, you don't bewilder from, Lotir Aku, the following. Misha Achal Balchaim. So you've got an animal the following way. You have Sherita Of, one. Sherita Maim, two. Swimming, flying. Lokesh De Malkir. If you have one animal that both swims and flies, then you get two punishments. Achat Mishum Sherita Aretz, Achat Mishum Sherita Of. Right? If you have two separate animals, two separate con- concepts, that are two separate characteristics that inhere in one animal, then you would incur two punishments. Ki Ilu Banu Lan. Right, so basically his general position is that the only way you're going to get two separate things is, that it is not through repeated, but through separate concepts. So you have to, so if an animal is crawling and flying, so that would get you the Sherita Aretz and the Sherita Of animal. Okay, so it's because he, he, he doesn't believe that repeated commandments are going to incur repeated punishments if it's just straight, straight up repetition. He says, Ki ilu ba'u lanu elef lavim, kulamu farim b'sherita Aretz. Even if a thousand times the Torah went and said, Oh, you don't need to share it to Aretz, don't need to share it to Aretz, right? Until you were blue in the face. They're all one thing. And it's all one mitzvah, it's all one punishment. Right. Anyone who disagrees with me, do they think you get two punishments for, eating, for wearing shotnets? Because the Torah says don't, don't wear shotnets to two, two different places? Of course not, the Raman says. So why would you think in a Sherat Aretz you get multiple punishments because the Torah says it twice? It's a very, very good question, um, but it leads the Rabbim up uh, a tree that he's not really able to get out of. And that's the following. So he says, so how do you get six in one? So here at source number 11, he says it a number of places in, Ma, in the Mishnah story. He says, Hare habriah. So you have an animal. Misherat Of, so it's flying, one. Misherat it also swims. And Misherat Aretz, it also crawls on the land. So, so that's three. Kigon Shahayula, Knafim, and it grows and it eats. Right? Swim, fly, crawling. That's three. Okay, that's not outside of the realm of biological possibility. But if it's also an animal that was spontaneously generated, and it's not quite clear that's what it means in the Hebrew, but it's very clear in the Sefer Mitzvah, so I didn't get it, it was not room to quote it, but it's clear that it means spontaneous generation. Um, within a fruit, loka, then you get four, right? So you, it's one of these animals that crawls, swims, and flies, and it's spontaneously generated fruit, you get four. Also, it uh, procreates, loka, five. You get a fifth one. And, and, and it's also somehow a bird. It's both as a characteristic of a sheretz and the characteristics of, of a bird, whatever those may be. Loka, Allah, sheish, malkiot. Right, then you get six. Mishum of tame one, uh, impure bird, sherita of, uh, these sherets, flying sherets two, sherita arts three, sherita mayim four, romes hal arts crawling five, and um, tola to perot, if it comes spontaneously birthed in fruit, number six. Okay, so that's how the Ramam gets to six malkios for this tsiira. Okay, it's not quite a hornet because that's not exactly what we have, um, that's not what he has in mind, um, but that's how the Ramam gets to six. So the point, but the, just taking a step away from this, the point of, of, of this very technical thing, you can go down a lot of rabbit holes here, but the point of this whole idea is that for the Rambam, he cannot abide the idea that repeated sukkim 
in two different places leads to Susa Malkios. And therefore, when the Gemara is explicit that you get six for one or five or four, it has to be different mitzvot in mind. Okay. So this, um, again, I can't, it, it, it makes sense conceptually. It's very problematic, I guess, biologically. Um, and, if you, and I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say this if it wasn't the Rishon Mar. He said it, right? The Ravid here um, says, he says, Kasav Ravid, right? So this, um, he's got a nice little pun here. This collector, the Ramam who collected all the Lacha, he collected things that don't exist. We've never heard of such an animal, right? Um, and then if you look in the Sefer Chinuch, um, he says, because the Ramam is so adamant that there's one-to-one correspondence between Onshin and Malkios, you can't get two Onshin for one, Malko, for one um, mitzvah, right? Therefore, he like, forces himself, paints himself into a corner when it comes to this four, five, six punishments. So then he says, and his Rebbe, the Ramban, the Ramban Zichron, or his Rebbe's Rebbe, not quite clear, Zichron of the the Ramban said, we don't need any of this. Because the Ramban says that there are cases where you get separate punishments for, multiple punishments, excuse me, for one mitzvah in the Torah, right? And the Ramban then would have no problem, like Rashi did, explaining this Gemara. And so he says, and then he turns to his son, the Sefer Achinoch, Shimanu Bini, listen up, Right, if you become a big enough Gadol um, Torah, then you can take sides in this dispute between the Ramban and the Ramban. It's very inspiring, right? They're both um, they're both right uh, one way or another. Um, I'm not going to take a side, as everyone says, but he's hoping that his son does. Okay, so that's one other um, area I can't really answer the question. Is that all clear? We're all good with this complicated um, animal, the Ramban comes up with? Okay. One other case um, with Onas Hager, um, which I can't answer either. I deeply apologize for my <laughs> inability to answer this, but here in this case um, I have some, some good uh, legs to rely on in terms of being confused. Okay. So if we remember from last week, the Rambam in the ninth Shorish said the following, right? Imhaya, so he's very adamant that repeated um, lavin are only one mitzvah, and when the Gemara says over b'shnei lavin or over b'arba lavin or whatever it is, the, the, when the Gemara says over, that doesn't mean separate punishments, and therefore it doesn't mean separate mitzvos, right? And his one of his examples was the ger, right, which we started this year because a nice little symmetry to this year, which was totally accidental. Okay, so he says, so he's in the middle of the discussion, he says, imaya in source number fourteen, imaya zekain hayaroi shinimnet onas hager shalosh mitzvot. We would have thought we would have perhaps counted three separate negative commandments regarding the onaa of the ger. Um, we would have counted three separate commandments not to do onah against the ger, because the Gemara says, one who does onah against a ger, you violate three verses, right? And we would have thought, if you were going to tell me over means mitzvot, then we would have counted that three times. Or if you're lochetem, you do you overcharge him with onah with money, um, you would you would also get three three. Valhem really that's shtei mitzvot levad. Really, this this mistreatment of a ger is really just two mitzvos. Right. So now we have the gemara and that says you violate three times, but the Rambam says what it's, for each of these for ona um, right, tricking him with the words or just overcharging. Right. That's three overs, but really one mitzvah. Right. Each time, right, the the words and the money. 
Right? Two separate mitzvos for mistreating a gear. One with money, one with words. So he says, Venich Pelas has harab ahead. Yeah. There's only one. You're not, there's no onah for him being a, a, a Jew. Chuba. We'll get there. Yeah, I promise. This is, that's where it gets complicated. But uh, we just got to lay out the, <laughs> the groundwork for it. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. Um, okay. Vinik Pelas has as the Rabbim told us, that's the issue in the, in the first mitzvah, right? By the Avas Yisrael, right? He says that there's, um, like, a, they're related. Vinik Pelas harabahen. Right? The Torah goes out of itself to repeat you, repeats itself not to mistreat a gear, so that's obviously gonna only be one mitzvah. Why did the Torah go out of its way 36 times not to wrong the gear? So No one would possibly say such a thing. Okay. So in the sec- in the ninth story, the Ramam tells us. Two important points. One is that um, by a ger, there's a mitzvah of onah, one mitzvah of onah when it comes to words, wronging him with words, and one mitzvah of wronging him financially. The Gemara tells you over three times, but the Ramam is not interested in that. But if you actually look, so let's, but if you look in the, um, in the Minyan mitzvahs, again, just in the Mishnah Torah here, he, he, he's consistent with this idea. Right? He says we have onah, general onah of mekach memkar, in, in source number 15. Then we have, as it pertains to a Yisrael, onah dvarim, as it pertains to, um, pertains to a Yisrael, meaning like wronging with words with a regular Jew. Then we have onah of a ger with words and onah of money, financial onah by a ger. Right? So we have overlapping, similar kind of situation. Um, but in, in, in the Sefer Mitzvot, he tells, he's again, very explicit with this. He's Right? This, you don't wrong a um, a ger when it comes to financial issues, separate from his being a regular Jew, which you're not allowed to do. The, the, the Mechilta tells us this, this pasuk of lo refers to finances. Right? But if you do wrong a ger, you violate the mitzvah that pertains to Israel, and mishum ger lo Right? You violate two. What did the Gemara say? How many you violate? Three. But here the Ramam's reformulating this to say two. Right? And valochatso, meaning you um, wrong him financially. Over Mishum Mosif Right? In addition to um, uh, so each one really violate twice. Right? If you wrong a gear financially, you've wronged him as a gear and as a Jew. And if you wrong him with words, you've wronged him as a Jew and as a gear. Right. So, what, what's the Gemara's three? How does it get three? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's, that's not clear. I don't know exactly. I think it's, it's a psukim, but that's not what the Rambam seems to think in the next source. Okay. That's what the, um, the Rambam formulates in the Sefer Mitzvah. But if you actually look in the, in the Mishnah Torah, I don't know why the, number, the source sheet is not polished. The numbers are incorrect. So I will fix this when I upload it. Um, the the Rambam actually seems, seems to say much closer to what the Gemara says, um, as you just asked. So he tells us the following in Hilchos Mechira. Kol hamone es hager, bein b'mamon, bein bedvarim, over b'shlosh You actually violate three, like the, like, the, like the Gemara said, but not like the Ramam said in Sefer Mitzvos. Right, so if you do onas hager, either financially or word-wise, you get three. What are they? Shenemar ger lotonu. So onas mamon 
Oh, sorry. Onas dvarim by a ger. Zehonas dvarim. Zohonas mamon. So there's two separate isurim here, one pertaining to words, one pertaining to financial issues. Halamadita, shehamonas ager, over bishlosalavim. Okay, hasn't really proven this yet. So what are those three that you actually violate? Mishum lo tonu ish et amito. Umishum al tonu e ish et achiv. Umishum ger lo tonu. So if you violate a, um, if you do onas dvarim, you, you are wrong a ger with words, you violate both the single lav that applies to the ger and both lavin that apply to Yisrael. Why would that be? I don't know. Bekein im lachatsu v'honas b'mamon. Similarly, if you do mamon, over b'shlosha, mishum al tonu ishet echiv. If you vi- that, that's a, um, the general honas mamon by a, um, by a Yisrael. That's number one. Mishum lo tonu ishet amito, the general onah by Yisrael. Umishum lo tachatzenu, the specific onah of a mamon by a ger. So again, to take it, just to, explain, to say it outside, if you violate a ger, if you do onah from a ger, whether it's if it's mamon, you get the ger mamon plus the Yisrael mamon and the Yisrael regular onah. And if you do a ger, you um, if, with mamon, you get the ger mamon plus the Yisrael mamon and the and the Yisrael regular onah. Why? <laughs> uh, okay, so you think so? so then there, that's a question. Why would that be? Why wouldn't? So what, what would you what think? Does he say by Yisrael? You only get one. You only get one. So you would think that if you, but for some reason, if you do the ger, you get, um, he says, we'll read it inside in a second. If you do a you ger, you get both the mamon and the dvarim that come with the Yisrael. Um, but if you do Yisrael, you only get one. Why is that? So he, he explains it. I honestly cannot understand what he says. He says, So why, for, he asks, regarding a ger, do you get, have you violated when you um, do you vi- do you incur the violation of the Israel both mamon and words, right? Right? Why for a ger? If you violated financially, you get you you violated his mistreating the ger financially and the Israel financially and words, um, or you know, or the other way around, right? So is that clear? Everyone's sort of on the same page here. Why have you get both the word and money for Israel plus the, whatever you've done wrong to a ger? Why? Why wouldn't you? You would think, right? If you get if you violate if you've wronged a ger, you have, if, let's say financially, you've wronged him as a, as a ger and wronged him as a Jew, right? Financially, or if you've wronged him with words, you've wronged him as a Jew and wronged him as a ger, right? Much like he, the Rambam said in um, in. Loving a ger, right? We've loved him as a Jew. We loved him as a ger, right? And so too, if you wrong him as a Jew financially, you wrong him as a ger financially. Like, why would it be that the then the other one would come along in the Jew case or as a Jew negative commandment? So the Rambam says, because when the Torah formulates the prohibitions as they pertain to Israel, it says lo tonu. The, hon- the onaa is it's a repeated language. The kefal halavin beger, but when it comes to the gerim, which is when it's repeating these prohibitions, It's not just repeating the language lo tonu. It's actually much more explicit. Don't 
do onaa lo tonu with words, lo tilchatz with mamon. Don't, you know, pressure him with, with mamon. We were talking about lachatz before. Uh, it comes up. Uh, okay, so I don't understand what's going on here. So let's just explain what, what he's saying. He says that why do you violate onaa for both people? Because you've done onaa, because um, the Torah says onaa by a ger. Uh, sorry, this is where we're good. Torah, let's be very careful. Look, Take this slowly because I often in my head I'm screwing this up. Because you get you've the Torah says on onaa lo tonu both by mamon and dvarim for Israel, but for a for a ger they're explicit. So why? I, I I don't understand how that's an explanation for what he's saying. Right? And thankfully, I'm, at least here I'm in very good company. I'll, I'll give you a stat in a second, but at least look all, if you look at the on the on the daf all the mefarshim um, on the on the Rambam are like. Trying to figure out what's going on, um, and if you look at the, the, the Maritats, um, it's not that I'm a Bucky in the Maritats, but he's a Talmud of um, of actually the of the Mechaber of the Rosh of Karo, um, and others in uh, in Sfat. So he says, "Kol Yemani Saarti Al Rambam." This is not we also we say about every Rambam, right? My entire life I've been bothered by this Rambam. It's a nice thing to say, but the Rambam in Hilos Mechira tucked away here in the middle of Hilos Mechira. My whole life I've I've been struggled with this. Tvar Malalu Koshi Atziur Be'en Lahem Shach. Uh, what's going on here? When the Rambam says, Right? So too, he said, by you, if, you, if you pressure Israel, you should also get both, because it's stam, right? Because they're just, you know, unformulated. So, I don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> this whole year has been just more questions than answers. But if you, so the closest thing that I found that I sort of understand, but I'm not quite sure I get it, I'm not sure you, I'm not 100 percent sure that he gets to the bottom of the problem. Um, if you, the Merkavsa Mishnah deals with this, it actually comes up all over the place in the Rambam. This, if you once you start looking for it, the Merkavsa Mishnah quotes like six or seven cases where the Rambam is dealing with repeated language um, and, and is struggling to figure out how many lavin you violated. Um, and so the Merkavsa Mishnah Avadin, he makes the following suggestion. He says because it's repeated by a um, Yisrael, so that's considered kefel. And we know that when it comes to kefel, you only get it's only violated once. Um, but because it's explicit by a ger, that's enough to sort of bring both of the Israel lavin with it. He's not really happy with this explanation. Um, he says he's not sure. Um, but I'm not, I, I, look, I don't know a better explanation. I, I don't know a better explanation is what why the Rambam um, thinks this. I cannot for the life of me figure out what he means by um, you know we have onas stum by Israel and beferush by a by a ger, and therefore we would get both by a Yisrael. I don't really know why that would work. Um, sorry for Ian on this. I, I think there's probably an answer if you piece together a bunch of different passages in the Rambam that, um, that I haven't done. I don't think, as far as I know, no one's really gotten to the bottom of this problem. Um, but again, what's interesting about this case, aside from the fact that I you know, can't solve it, um, is that the Rambam is clearly interested in repeated language. He's very concerned sort of explain repeated language. Um, and here, if, if, funnily enough, I think the Rambam seems to come closer to the Gemara in Bab in the Mishnah Torah than he does in the Sefer Mitzvot. Right? In Sefer Mitzvot, he sort of pushes back against his idea that in Gemara in Bab it comes three times. And he says, oh, it really only comes twice. Um, but then he, in the Mishnah Torah, he comes up with a new theory to, to figure out that it's three. And you know, those of us who have read the Sefer Mitzvot know that um, he's sort of falling closer to the Gemara in Bab um, But I'm not quite sure why, um, and I'm open to suggestions, but uh, probably requires more thinking than 
then we can give at this very minute. But thank you very much um, for this. We will continue after the week after Pesach, not the following um, Sunday. Thank you very, very much. Bye.